Are you weary and heartbroken? Do you need healing and deliverance? Welcome to the program, Jesus Can, with your host, Dr. Bongi. Our mission is to help you step-by-step live a victorious life in Christ. Enjoy today's program. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hi there, it's Dr. Bongi. Your host on this channel, Jesus Can. This is the channel where we are going to proclaim Jesus' victory. Come join me. Let's proclaim his victory together. Before starting, let us just pray. Heavenly Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, Father God, we just want to thank you for this day. We thank you for the viewers, the ones who are tuning in, and even the ones who will tune in later. Father God, we thank you that, Heavenly Father, your word will be heard. For you said in your word that your word separates. It's sharper than the two-edged sword. It separates the soul and the spirit. It separates the joint and the marrow. It descends the spirit it is your word thank you father god that heaven and earth shall pass away but your word will stand thank you jesus that it's standing even today in jesus mighty name amen today we are going to talk about jesus the lamb of god just stay put because we are going to just enjoy ourselves let's read together From the book of John, chapter 1, verse 29. The next day, John saw Jesus coming to him, and he said, Behold, the lamb that taketh away the sins of the world. Behold, the lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. You know, when we talk about the lamb in the context of the Bible, it is just so so impossible to not relate the lamb to the sacrifice. I know that when we talk about the lamb, many thoughts come. Like you may think of a lamb like being meek, like you can think of meekness, you can think of innocence, you can think of purity, and you are right. All these thoughts, they pertain to the lamb. But today I want to talk about the lamb being a triumphant sacrifice. Jesus being a triumphant sacrifice. Jesus, the lamb of God. The lamb that taketh away the sins of the world. So we find in Hebrews 9 verse 22, the Bible tells us that there is no remission of sins without the shedding of the blood. So, we can see that a lamb is needed or an animal is needed for a sacrifice, for the shedding of blood, either for covering or even for removal of the sins. We need the blood to be shed. So, now we see, especially in Revelation, the lamb conquering. He conquers as a lamb. You know, there are verses that we read that uh, verses such as 
they conquered by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Verses like the enemy wage war against the lamb, but the lamb, because he's the king of kings and he's the lord of lords, he triumphant. So now we can see that actually the lamb is not only a sacrifice, but the triumphant sacrifice, especially referring now to Jesus. In Revelations, I think we get about uh, 28 or 29 instances where the Lamb of God is being mentioned. So you can see how powerful and how like uh, how needed is this Lamb of God. Because without this Lamb of God, there is no remission of sins. We can see even from the beginning, let's just get the examples from the beginning, starting from Genesis, we see Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve, they fell into sin. After they fell into sin, they tried to cover themselves with fig leaves because now they saw their nakedness. Now the glory was taken away. Isn't it? The Bible tells us that the, the glory, like we, we have the glory, we had the glory, but when they fell now, now into sin then the glory like left them that's why now they saw themselves as being naked and now they tried to cover with fig leaves but the fig leaves didn't cover the nakedness when God came he then decided to give them a skin you a skin from an animal you will agree with me that for us to get a skin of an animal it is impossible to just like try and get the skin without the blood being shed. Even if they say you are so skilled, if you just try and remove the skin, the blood will come out. So now there is or there was shedding of blood so that they can have that skin to cover their nakedness. But I don't say this is an ultimate like solution. I'm just like explaining that for shedding of blood, for remission of sins or covering or taking away of sins, you need the blood to be shed. So moving on, like we find Abraham. Abraham is a man of faith and God once tested Abraham and asked Abraham to give his only son, Isaac. But Abraham didn't question God. Being the man of faith, he just took God at his weight. So he took Isaac. Oh, he is so faithful. He took Isaac and go to sacrifice. He was willing to sacrifice Isaac until God showed him a ram to say, don't sacrifice your son. There's a ram. Use that ram as a sacrifice. But on the way, I like what Isaac asked his dad. He asked that, Daddy, I see everything that is required for a sacrifice. I see perhaps maybe wood, but I don't see the lamb of sacrifice. But I like what Abraham said to his son. I believe that this was from God. It wasn't from him. He answered and said, My son, 
the father who is in heaven himself will provide for a sacrifice so now abraham was being prophetic because even the father himself had to provide a sacrifice which was jesus so now we see here similarity okay now the ram had to be sacrificed the blood had to be sacrificed so instead of isaac's blood now ram's blood was sacrificed now we move just to show the examples of sacrifice where like the blood is needed for remission of sins with the israelites the israelites yearly they had a feast like they had feasts but there was one feast called a, the the day of atonement on that day the priest was supposed to go to the holy of holies and he will slaughter an animal and that animal was to be a sacrifice for the sins of the israelites this was a ritual that was done every year so every year they had to do that and even like individuals will come to a priest like if they felt that they fell into sin they will come and give the sin offering so the sin offering still will be an animal that will be slaughtered for the blood to be shed so now like continue with me follow me and now also like we see on the day of the passover we learn that there was an angel of death and the angel of death wherever he saw the blood because the israelites had to put the blood had to sacrifice an unblemished lamb and take the blood and put it on the doorpost and then after that when the angel of death comes and see the blood the angel of death will exempt that family because he will see the blood so the blood will be a sacrifice so the blood will help that instead of the firstborn of the israelites to be killed it won't be killed because there was a blood because there was a lamb that was sacrificed instead of the firstborn but with the egyptians since there was no blood on the blood pole on on the doorpost then the angel of death when he came he killed so now what am i saying even today me and you if we have accepted Christ the bible tells us that we have the holy spirit and the bible tells us the holy spirit is the seal it is our seal it is a mark it marks us so if you are a child of god filled with the holy spirit you are marked so when the angel of death comes he sees the blood he sees the mark and he passes by when sicknesses come they see the mark when diseases come they see the mark when the curse come it sees the mark any afflictions when it comes it sees the mark even the demons when they come they see the mark although yes they will take their chance and if there are doors that are open yes they will be able to pursue with their um, mission but the blood it's seen you are marked by the blood of jesus so 
All these were bloods, the bloods that were shed, the bloods that were helping the Israelites yearly by yearly and even maybe a day by day whenever they have sinned and then now they go to the priest and the priest like put a, a slaughters a, an animal so that the blood can be shed. So, but remember, God had a covenant with Abraham that he will bring a better covenant. So now, actually, it brings me to my story. It brings me to my sermon. Jesus, behold, Jesus, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins. Remember, all these other bloods, they were covering the sins. That's why now, now and again, there, there was supposed to be an animal that is slaughtered. Now, yearly to yearly, like the animal had to be slaughtered because that animal wasn't taking away the sins. You know, if we can know the power in the blood. Now, I'm not even starting about the power in the blood of Jesus. I'm just talking about the power in the blood. The Bible tells us in Leviticus uh, 17 verse 11, it says that the life of the flesh is in the blood. I have been an anesthetist for about 18 years. I worked in the hospital and I could see patients who were at the verge of dying. Patients who lost blood due to different like a sources but i will see patients whom like hope was gone whom like everything like was now forgotten by uh, about them and then i will see them just coming to life i will see them rising as if it's not that same patient you will see the blood pressures coming back you will see even the tone of the patient changing now they will look brighter you will see them that now things have changed something happened they have received blood and that blood changed the situation so now i am talking about the blood of a human being I was talking before about the blood of the animals. So those blood, to some extent, there was life that they were giving. But now I want to talk about the blood of Jesus. The different blood now. The blood that I cannot even compare to these bloods that I was talking to. Because it's a matchless blood. It's a blood that doesn't run short. It's a blood that doesn't lose its power. The singer says it, it will never, never lose its power. The singer says it reaches to the highest mountains. It flows to the lowest valley. And it will never 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 lose its power it's so potent it is the blood of jesus jesus being set apart jesus being the son of god jesus whom has been highly exalted jesus whom the whom god says this is the son that i am pleased with so the blood of jesus is incomparable the blood of jesus it's 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 the one that brought satisfaction you know also 
in the book of first john 2 verse 2 we find we learn that when they talk about jesus they say jesus was a propitiation this is such a big word i am even struggling to pronounce it propitiation this is the word which means satisfaction it means jesus once and for all came and gave the life gave the blood the blood that makes everything possible the blood that changes my story and your story the blood that rewrites our story that's why we say mercy rewrote my life mercy rewrote my story we don't just say it rewrote the story the mercy started with the blood the mercy started with the lamb behold the lamb of god that takes away the sins of the world it started there it started with jesus giving his blood God donating Jesus, giving Jesus the begotten son. But thanks to that, because now Jesus is the firstborn among brethren. He is no longer a begotten son because the blood was shed. Because now we were also born there. That's why now we are the siblings of Christ. We are also now in the family. We are counted in the family because of God who gave his son Jesus. But Jesus had to be a lamb. If Jesus came and not coming in meekness, not coming in purity of the lamb, not coming like in, in that nature of being a lamb, we wouldn't today be where we are. Today, Jesus has conquered so many things because he took the nature of being a lamb. He became a triumphant lamb, a conquering lamb that I'm talking about today. So, but now we see that Jesus like became a lamb. Yes, but what does it say to us? What do we have to learn from this teaching? Because yes, you, I believe whatever I have said, you know about it. But what does it say about me and you? It says we should learn how Jesus handled being a lamb. How he handled being a sacrificial lamb. And even out of that, he came triumphant because he wants me and you to come out triumphant being lambs without changing being lambs. Being triumphant as lambs because he has given us that power. Then maybe you will ask me and say, so if he has already conquered, why do I also have to conquer? Thanks that you have asked me this uh, question. God, like when he gave his son Jesus, Jesus at the end, he said it was finished. Yes, everything was ticked. Everything, he conquered everything. Everything that you can think of. Addictions, sins, uh, whatever you can think of that maybe it's a challenge, come as a challenge. It has been conquered. Jesus conquered it as a lamp. 
because he became a curse himself so that like me and you can be exempted from these curses he became seen himself so that me and you we can be exempted you ask now that why now are we still having sins why now are we still having sicknesses why now are we still like being like tormented by the spirits it's because the enemy is the ruler of this world so now the bible says the righteous take it by force since in the beginning in the days of the john the baptist he says the church like suffered violence but the righteous take it by force so there is uh, 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 there is war there is war definitely there is war god has like uh, fought for us so what we should know is that we are now fighting from the point of victory because jesus has already done it for us he became a triumphant lamb but ourselves we have that mandate to claim you have that mandate to claim your healing you have that mandate to claim your deliverance you have that mandate to claim anything that you feel that is an hindrance because it is said that trials and tribulations will be there we are not exempted from trials and tribulations trials and tribulations will be there but he has overcome the lamb has overcome so you can hold on on the words of knowing that that thing that bothers you today jesus has overcome that but still you have to learn to carry a cross he says the ones who are not ready to carry my cross are not worthy of me. So you have the cross to carry. But Jesus is teaching us how to carry a cross. Jesus is teaching us how to deal with your, your, your persecution, your betrayal, whatever you are facing, whatever like it stands for your crucifixion, whatever feels as if it's a crucifixion on your side. Now Jesus teaches you how he handled crucifixion, he handled as a lamb and became a triumphant lamb. You know, Jesus, when we like read in the Bible, we find that the crucifixion took about six hours. But in these six hours, like when you can look what, if you can follow carefully to see what Jesus did on the part of Jesus, leaving any other part and just leave, follow what Jesus did in these six hours. In these six hours, all what I have found is seven sentences that Jesus uttered. He said, Eli, Eli, lama sebektan, which means, why God have you forsaken me? That was the first statement. And then he, he also talked to the thief that was on the side to say, I'll be with you in paradise. And then he also saw the woman. So he said, behold, the woman's meaning the mom. He said, behold, he says, I am thirsty. And then the other uh, sentence he says, uh, forgive them for they know not what they are doing. And then the other sentence, he says, it is finished. And then I think the last sentence, he now says, I give my spirit unto you. These are the only seven 
sentences that uh, Jesus uttered. I have been stammering on them. I have been explaining them. But still, I believe that they didn't take one or two minutes for me to assist. Now you will ask yourself that since Jesus spent six hours on the cross, what was he doing in this other five hours and couple of minutes? What was he doing? And in that time, we read that they were busy like uh, doing, afflicting him in any possible that you can think of spitting betraying like despising him laughing at him doing all sorts of things that are not good to him but he didn't retaliate so it's a lesson it's a lesson for me and you how to handle our betrayal our persecution no retaliation because if we retaliate, we are taking the issues into our hands. But if we give it to God, he say, cast all your burdens unto me, for I care for you. So if we cast everything, we are saying this battle is not mine. My sister, my brother, you know, it's not everything that is worth your breath. Sometimes you can just save your breath. You can just be still and know that he is God. And then allow the lamb, the triumphant lamb to fight for you. Allow the triumphant lamb to speak on your behalf. Because yourself, you are limited. Let's say it's a betrayal. Or let's say they are like it's slandering. Like maybe it's false like accusations. How many people will you make right with? How many people will you try and explain your story and they will understand your story? It is a nature of a human being to say, I also want them to hear my story. I also, my name cannot be dented like this, but it's not worth it. There is a name that is above all names, the name of Jesus. The name that destroys every lies, the name that is the truth, the life, the truth and the way. So that truth is the truth that can stand through ages. There's truth that can vindicate you. You don't need to try and vindicate yourself. Truth stands alone. You won't be able to convince everyone. You won't be able to make right with everyone. I know maybe even as I'm talking, maybe you are in such a situation. Maybe you are thinking that I'm going to tell them. I'm going to give. I'm going to dish everything that I want to dish out. I want to tell them. I want them to know me. I want them to hear that it's Dr. Bongi here. And I want them to hear and feel I will live only the word that I have forgotten. Yes, maybe it might maybe console you. It might, maybe that thought might make you feel as if maybe you are doing something. But look at the lamp. Learn from the lamp. Jesus, the lamp. He conquered being a lamp. He conquered in his meekness. He conquered in his innocence. He conquered in his purity. He didn't want to change. He didn't want to leave his post. He didn't want to leave his nature of being a lamp. We can learn. There's a lot to learn. 
from Jesus' crucifixion. It was not just like a victory, but it was also a lesson from me and you. Have you ever thought that if Jesus tried and retaliated at that point, you know, we wouldn't be exempted from all the things that we have just talked about that we are exempted from. You know, if Jesus retaliated, he wouldn't be a lamb. So he wouldn't allow them to do all sorts of things that they did on him. Remember, Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, the Bible tells us that even the sweat, like change into blood, you know that blood speaketh like a big story. It speaketh volume because that blood was exempting me and you from laboring, from over laboring, from toiling. But it took Jesus to be a lamp to exempt us from toiling. The Bible tells us that they even forced the crown of thorns. They say, okay, he claims to be a king of Jews. Let's see him. Let him wear this crown of thorns. And they were just forcing those thorns on the skull. And the Bible tells us the blood was shed. When that blood was shed, they thought that they were despising him, but they didn't know that they were breeding kings, new kings. That's why now we have king of kings, lord of lords, myself and you, being those king himself, being the king of kings, being a king of me and you. Now we can claim royalty. Now we can claim royal wood. Why? Because of that crowd, because of that blood that was shed, that spoke volume. We heard that his face was disfigured. You know, a face is just a precious thing, especially for us ladies. The face is it's our glory. If now someone maybe comes and try to give me a hot lap, like a face lap, the first thing I will do is to hide with my, maybe with my hands, because rather let my hands be disfigured, but not my face. But Jesus, his face was disfigured. Why? For me and you, for that glory. So that because being the second Adam, he had to bring that glory. The Bible says they have all seen, they fall short of the glory of God. So we fell short. So, but he had to bring back that glory. So the face had to be disfigured so that me and you, we can gain from this second Adam. The first Adam, what the first Adam fell into, you know, the second Adam, Jesus took, his, took us out from that muddy clay. They continued, you know, a bed. A bed usually represents honor. So now because they wanted deliberately, they wanted to despise Jesus. They were now pulling his bed. They were trying now to put him to zero. They believed that this hero had to be zero. But they didn't know that it's when they were giving us victory. When they were pulling those bed, that honor was being bought. When the blood was shed on the, on the bed, that was speaking for me and you to say we are honored. There is now no condemnation. There is only honor. We, not, we, we need not feel ashamed. 
There's honor. You are clothed with honor. The garment of honor is upon you. They continued on the hands and the feet. You know, the feet, like they talk of our destiny, okay? The hands, it's the work of our, our hands. But now the feet, it's the destiny. The Bible tells us that the steps of the righteous are being ordered. So now he was ordering the steps once and for all. He was ordering my step. He was ordering your step. He was creating a plan. When he says the plan in Jeremiah, he says the plans that God has for you and me is to prosper us and not to harm us. It was began at the cross that he bore the denying stripes. You know, in medicine, there are the denying streams of diseases. So all those diseases were catered for at the cross. No, even a single disease. Even if now there is a disease that we are suffering from, if now there is sickness in your body, you feel some sort of pain. I want to assure you that there is a stripe that bore that pain. There is a stripe that was exceptionally like looking like exceptionally focusing on that stream of the disease that you are suffering from so you need not suffer anymore claim your your healing claim your healing for it is said that by his stripes we were healed they didn't end there they also continued now we hear that even on his side, when he was yet already given his breath, now they were busy breaking the bones of the other thieves. But Jesus now gave his breath. Now, now gave his breath. Now they wanted to assure whether is Jesus still alive, and they pierced him on their side. Glory be to God that they pierced him on that side. Because when they pierced him on that side, now we hear that not only blood was shed, but water and blood was shed. Women will know, mothers will know that for one to give birth, like usually there is water that gushes out, and then you receive your baby. So even our sins, the Bible tells us that the blood of Abel still cries, it speaks out in the ground, but there is a blood that speaks better things, it speaks on the throne when the blood of Abel speaks of justice, cries for justice, this blood it cries mercy it proclaims mercy it proclaims victory for me and you, that's why the blood of Jesus shall never, never lose its power, that's why the lamb is a triumphant lamb, is a ruling and reigning lamb they overcame him by the blood of the lamb Thank you for tuning in to Jesus Can with Dr. Bongi We hope you've enjoyed the program Please tune in again Same time, same place Always remember that if Jesus can, you can Shalom Shalom